0: guys welcome to another episode of that's my personal business today we have the incredible Christina on and Christina I'm so excited to chat with you and learn about literally everything about you and your business and all the creativity things but can you introduce us tell us like a little bit about you for those of you who are just just hearing
1: about you yes yes I can Um, my name is Christina Malor I'm Christina's captures on Instagram and and TikTok, um, I'm smiling with me by on Twitter. I tried to get Christina's captures, but it was it was taken in every variation of it. It was so funny. Um, anyways, yes, I'm so I'm a photographer. I do fashion and portraiture. Um, I'm really passionate about like mental health, um, LGBTQIA plus rights, and um, like self love, like making people feel love. really good. Yeah, making people feel really good in their bodies and their experience and all types of people. Like that's that's kind of what I'm about.
0: Oh, I love that. And also I'm like, that was one of my favorite things about following you is I was like, oh my gosh, the photography phenomenal. And then you shared all of these things where I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I would like totally follow even if the photography wasn't a thing because it's just so <laughs> feel good. And like, mm. it was you who... <laughs> you shared, right. About like the disassociation, like depersonalization mm. too. You shared like the most incredible tip for that too, about like your ice baths. And I was like, Oh, I mm. needed this. This was so good. So everyone follow Christina. Cause I'm like, I'm getting so much out of your page. So I'm super oh, stoked.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: Oh my gosh. That'd no, I loved lot. it. Good. Oh my gosh. No, you're amazing. Um, so how long have you been doing photography? Are you like full time?
1: Yeah. So I, I moved to Utah four years ago. I'm from San Diego originally. I moved here four years ago and I've been doing full-time for two and a half years now. Um, And yeah, I love, I love photography. I didn't, I never planned on, on doing it full-time, which is kind of funny. Like I, when I first moved to Utah, a lot of people told me, you know, there's so many photographers here, like you can't do this. You won't be able to do this. You won't like have a, you won't have like an audience pretty much. Like you won't be able to find people that are interested in what you do because there's so, so many. And so I was just making art to make art, which was so nice and freeing and like such a great way to start my career. But then I just like picked up and picked up. And then eventually I quit my other job and it's been two and a half years.
0: <laughs> Wait, I love that. And I feel like that's always like to start it with just passion is like best way to like get successful and go full-time anyways, to 100%. just like only be doing it for heart. I love that. Oh my gosh. 100%. 100%. And what brought you to Utah? Cause I rarely hear about people coming from California to Utah. I'm the Utah to California mm-hmm. person. So what brought you there?
1: <laughs> I am. Um, so I, I kind of stumbled into Utah too. I was going to school up in Idaho, had kind of a bad experience. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to transfer somewhere. Where do I transfer? And then I, you know, I had some family in Utah and it was kind of the only place that like made sense, but I came here not planning to stay. And then it just stole my heart and I like I built that. a business. and <laughs> I love God, that. Really, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I love that. Utah really is. Are you like outdoorsy? Cause I feel like if you're outdoorsy mm. too, Utah is mm. just like, it's so magical. I literally was just talking to someone about Utah summers. I'm like, they're the most magical uh. thing on earth.
1: I know oh my god oh my god like I'm I'm not I don't ski or snowboard or any of that so like Utah winters aren't for me but a Utah summer we love her (laughs) oh Utah summer really I'm like it's
0: magical like I don't know if I could ever live in Utah again but like the summers there I'm like catch me there from June to (laughs) August because it's so nice
1: Mm -hmm, oh my gosh
0: (laughs) okay I love that okay so you do a lot of fashion work, portraiture things like that. What has kind of been like the driving force behind your business? Because I love that you started I mean, I don't like that people were like, oh, you'll never make it here. You'll whatever. Cause I do know people get so gatekeepy about the amount of I photographers know. in Utah. Like, I know there's a million photographers anywhere, but if you're a good one, doesn't matter. So I'm mm-hmm. so like happy. It makes me happy that you started it just like passion based. I love that so much. What was kind of like the driving force behind getting into it?
1: Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so I've, I've always been an artist of some kind, like I've always felt a really strong drive to create. And I actually grew up playing classical piano and flute. Wow. And, um, and I, you know, I did like acting and dancing and some other stuff, but like my focus was music. And so I went to college planning to like be a music major and all that. And then I, um, I, I, like had a big burnout in college with music and so I like needed to take a step back from performing and playing and all of that and I kind of like I think that whenever I phase out of one thing that is creative creatively fulfilling for me I just phase into the next that I'm supposed to be doing and so photography for me like I was always interested in that I always wanted to be able to like um, capture what I saw in my mind, but like on the device, mm-hmm. like I remember that was the reason I got my first DSLRs because I was like, well, like this you know, my phone isn't doing it. I just want to be able to like capture what my mind sees and show that to people. Um, and And yeah, I, I was taking pictures of friends and then and then I think what became the driving force is that I realized that by showing someone how I saw them, it helped impact the way they saw themselves. Um, I think that that is really yeah, like that was the oh turning God. point for me. I love that. Yeah, because it, it's a really good feeling to know that um, your viewpoint can help someone love themselves more, or help see someone help someone see themselves in a different way. Like that is the most fulfilling, fulfilling thing, especially for people that aren't normally represented or like don't get you know a lot of people that I take photos of they you know they'll tell me like I haven't had photos taken since prom you know six seven eight 20 Mm -hmm. years ago like just you know they don't have any representations of who they are and I'm all about like every stage of your life and every stage of your development is so important and I just love showing people like being a mirror for people and just you know reflecting back at them what's already there the the greatness the beauty what what they already have. I just oh, want to show them. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm like, that's so powerful and beautiful. I'm like, I'm going to send you a video clip of you saying that and put that on your website. I'm like, that was so powerful. I want to hire you just hearing that <laughs> couple of sentences. Um, okay. I feel like that's really the feeling I've gotten, even just from following you. Is that like you mm-hmm. really, and I think you shared something about like thinking of yourself as art. Right. And that was so powerful and beautiful. I just love the idea of like you mirroring back to people, what you see mm-hmm. in them.
1: That's so stunning I love that and the thing is is that it changes the way you see yourself too Mm -hmm. like that's that's like the that's been like the last year of my business has been more focused on like you know I started taking self-portraits and like I had to you know make the switch in my head of not just seeing other people as art but also seeing myself as art and that has been truly one of the most transformative things I've ever done for myself and it's changed the way that i move through the world and it's changed you know what i think of myself which changes everything like mm-hmm. your internal dialogue is is like you know what ends up happening around you and so like as my inside has become more beautiful filled with more loving and empathetic thoughts about myself you know my life is transforming and so i'm yeah i'm a big big advocate for like love yourself see yourself as yes. are see yourself like as worthy of being celebrated Oh
0: my gosh. I loved all of that. Can we talk about that more? I'm like, that's so powerful. I would love to hear like what that journey has kind of been like for you. Cause I think we've all, Mm -hmm. I mean, correct me. Do you feel like quarantine played a big part in this? Cause I do think that was such a big shift for all of us. I'm like, I putting off shadow work was not a thing during COVID. Like you had to face a lot of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. what has that journey kind of been like for you? Cause I do think the journey to self love when we're really deep in a more toxic narrative with ourselves mm. is hard to kind of break that initial mm. like wall what has yeah what's
1: the journey been like wow yeah it, it it's funny cuz quarantine was 100% um something that kind of like threw me into this journey i think that before i was just so busy um always seeing people always doing things i never really slowed down to Um, even like be in my body and be present I just was always kind of on to the next thing Um, and because of that like I realized that I hadn't developed much of a relationship with myself Um, because like you have to like I I tell people like when you're trying to develop a relationship with yourself you have to act as if you want to develop a relationship with yourself like you have to take yourself on dates talk nicely to yourself and that stuff is so hard especially if you have an entire lifetime of negative self-talk to sift through um and so for me i think that i mean it was like a million different things coming together but i think that a theme throughout all of it is how can i be empathetic in this moment to myself my body and my thoughts um and and i think that watching my thoughts go by like watching you know, watching the judgmental thought go by and noticing it and being like, oh, you're here. Cool. Um, But you don't like take it on as your own thought and be like, oh, this is how I feel. And you also don't try to be like, well, I don't want to think about this. Push it away, push it away, push it away. Instead, you just have acceptance and watch it pass through. And then and then you can decide how you feel about yourself. Then you can go back in with like reaffirming stuff, you know, like write lists of things that you love about yourself. Like um, a big thing for me is having, like having people be a mirror for you. Like asking people, you know, like, what do I mean to you? What do I bring to your life? Or like, make me a playlist of songs that, you know, make you think of me. Like Cute. getting, yeah, yeah. Like having other people show you the way that they see you has also been so transformative too. So Yeah, it's, it's an everyday thing, though. It it, it is a like lifelong everyday thing of like taking off these layers of who we're supposed to be. And, you know, the things that we're supposed to feel about our body, I feel like that's a really big one. Mm -hmm. And you just have to like, take it off and figure out what's underneath. Like, who are you? You know, Mm -hmm. who are you under, like, after all of everyone else's opinions about you become Mm -hmm. irrelevant? Who are you? And so like, that's kind of what quarantine did for me is cause I, you know, went from seeing people all the time to being very, very isolated. And, and, and suddenly I was able to kind of separate myself from, you know, the people around me and be like, oh, this is who I am, you know, and lean into it. And, and I would say that it's, when you start it's a really slow burn. Like it's really hard, you know, yeah. to, get that, to get that ball rolling but there is momentum. There is momentum. That. Yeah. Ooh,
0: and I think like patience in the fact that you like, yes, it is an everyday thing and it does take momentum. Yeah. And some days you have to like push the ball a little harder than others. Like yes. some days it's a little harder to power through. Um, Wait, I love all of that. I actually just watched, of course, a TikTok. I feel like my brain always wants to be like, oh, I read <laughs> the too. other day. And I'm like, no, you didn't Me read too. it. You watched it on TikTok. Like don't try to sound all educated. It was a TikTok. Um, I watched a TikTok and it was talking about like shifting our identity and how we've been told that we were like a certain way, probably since we were like a child and started developing a personality. And we have just internalized that, like, we are that, like you are sensitive or you are strong or you are this. And I, she was like talking through how in order to like start shifting things about ourselves, we almost have to like get really honest about like what we've accepted from other people as our personality and decide if that really even is like who we are. And it like shattered my glass. Like, I feel like I just was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I've like taken on these, identities that people told me I was but am I actually those things like is that something I even want to be um Mm. so I love that I think just getting really real with yourself is terrifying but like key to actually like moving the ball
1: a little bit into more self-love and like at the beginning of quarantine I realized that I had a super hard time being alone and now a year later I have realized I'm an introvert, which is so funny because my entire life, speaking of things that people have told us, my entire life, people were like, you are an extrovert. Like you love this, you love mm-hmm. that. And I love people, I love meeting people, but you know, the definition is not of how social you are. It's actually just where you gather your energy. Mm-hmm. And I treasure my alone time now. And I live alone. And like I am, I'm really, really comfortable around myself which is like the best gift I could have given myself, you know, at 24, instead of waiting until I'm, you know, having a middle life crisis to realize that I, I want my relationship with myself to come first, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that it takes a long time to get there, but it really mm-hmm. feels good when you do. Yes.
0: Ooh, I love that. I know. I'm like, I've definitely, I've done, well, I've always kind of been introverted, but yeah, I feel like, especially after quarantine, I'm like, I need alone time. Like even more often than I thought I did before, I definitely need it now. <laughs> Um, okay. So I'd love to know what are the things, cause this is also something I find so curious talking to people about is like, we are opening up now. I know Utah's like way more open than we are in LA. Like life is going to knock on wood, like hopefully kind of go back to somewhat normal. What, like with all these big shifts that you've made, what do you feel like you're going to kind of try to take from quarantine back into real life? Mm -hmm. Like what things have you learned about yourself or that you love that you're like, I don't want to leave that in quarantine. Like that has to come back into real life too.
1: That's such a good question. I, I feel like I am like a different person. I don't know how to describe this, but like, I really feel like you know, the person I was going into quarantine is a very different person than the person I am coming out of it. And I think some of those major changes that make me feel so, like, new and fresh um, are, like, first of all, being aware of what I'm feeding my thoughts has been a really helpful, helpful thing about the last years. like, just being more aware of my thoughts, period. I, I don't think I was very aware. I think that they just, you know, were always coming in and out of my brain, and I didn't really um analyze them I just accepted them as mine and like things that I thought about myself and so now that I'm like noticing my thoughts more and like that process has been helped with meditation and yoga and just slowing down a little bit um now I'm noticing my thoughts more it's helping me re uh redirect that internal dialogue and so that's super important for me the kind of like reparenting, honestly, of how my brain works. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm taking out of, of quarantine for sure. I think another thing is that I am like something I've really been facing is my imposter syndrome, which has been so good for me. And I think it's, um, I'm like at the beginning of a of a very exciting road of like my imposter syndrome with my work and, and dealing with that so that I can go forward with, just more confidence and more um more of a belief that what i have to say matters and that and that my perspective matters like i i think that quarantine was kind of about like me learning how to love me and how to love my body was like a really big part of that and i think now this phase of my life is like okay we figured that out now we need to uh, like direct that energy towards our work and our career and what we think we're capable of Um, And I was listening to the episode you did on the six figures creatives, Mm -hmm. because you were talking about like the ways, the beliefs that we tell ourselves about how much money we can have and how much success we can have. Like, that's kind of what I'm like shining a spotlight on in my life right now is like, okay, how can we move into like the best version of you? Like that puts your foot forward and believes that you deserve to do so, you know, and takes up space, takes up space. Oh, I love that.
0: We love a good like <laughs> shift. I just love hearing like what people are, yeah, doing. I feel like everyone's kind of re-entering a new chapter now, which is yeah. wild. We're all kind of starting again. Um, okay, so how have you, because I know you've created some insanely gorgeous work even during quarantine. How are you kind of fueling your creative fire and like prepping for like this new stage of business? Like up-leveling, kind of like what you just said, like mm. shining the light on like money mindset. Like, how are you fueling? your creativity and just like your fire
1: in your business? Mm. Uh, Joy. Joy is how I'm (gasps) doing that. Yeah. I'm on a joy thing right now. So I'm, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm realizing that a lot of like a lot of people base their worth around how productive they are. And we're kind of taught to do that. And, And we also base like our happiness and our future happiness on like how productive we can be and how much we're going to be able to achieve. And like these milestones, right. Um, of, you know, you'll be happy when you get here and when you get here. Mm -hmm. And so right now in my life, I am trying to prioritize joy, um, and, and see it as part of my process and part of the work of creating what I create is taking time off. Um, like just last Monday, I, you know, it's a Monday. And so like traditionally you would be, you know, hitting, hitting your goal and, you know, working really hard towards the things you want to work for that week. And, and I definitely had those thoughts, but I also was super tired. I've been shooting all weekend and, um, and I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't think I want to do that today. And instead I spent like six hours putting up this art wall, um, like installation thing in my house. And, and that's been, um, and like I finished the day, felt so happy and then I came you know the next day on a Tuesday so ready to like go right back to it because I would refuel you know I'd Mm -hmm. given myself the energy to show up and and not just um and not put my own happiness on the back burner you know for something that like I feel like when we do that when we put our happiness on the back burner we're not even being truly present in our work and so we're probably not getting as much work done and also like it's just not it's not with our heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, like a way that I've been prioritizing joy a lot and fueling my creativity is how my space is. And so like love. when I first, yeah, like, oh my gosh, that's so important to me. I have, um, I have like 30 bouquets hanging above my bed to, <gasps> to start. I have 70 house plants, I have a hammock instead of a couch. Um, yes. like- <laughs> I love this. Like, It is, it is truly, I had none of those things when quarantine started, absolutely none of them. Um, And so it's been so lovely to nest and um, like invest in my space and invest in my comfort. And, and that has really fueled my creativity because I'm around a bunch of beautiful things. And so I feel like more fueled to create beautiful things.
0: Ooh, I love that so much. And I love hearing about how people's spaces have shifted over the like the last year because obviously we were at home like so much um oh my God, yeah. I'm like yeah my house looks so different and in like the funnest <laughs> ways and I think it's there's just such a power in like actually I actually was just pulling oracle cards this morning and I pulled like the mm-hmm. one that's about like mothering yourself but like taking care of ourselves as almost like as weird as it sounds like as if we're our own child, but like treating ourselves one hundred so delicately and like lovingly and just like really taking care of ourselves just bleeds into everything, including our business. So I love that. Um, okay. That kind of leads me into one of my other favorite questions to ask, which is like, how have your business and personal life influenced each other? Then I feel like you have such a personal an emotional approach to your photography, which I love. So I'd love to hear kind of what that balance has been like, or if you had like a personal experience that you feel like really shaped it or yeah, just kind of that journey in general. Cause I think as entrepreneurs, I mean, that's like the basis of this whole podcast is that like our personal lives and our businesses are just like,
1: they just weave in and out
0: of each other, like completely.
1: That's so true. It's so interesting, you know, making like making art, as you know because when i when i first started i was like i am a photographer and i'm going to do the utah photographer thing and i'm going to post the things that utah photographers post and i'm going to do a bunch of weddings and and my Mm -hmm. first year i think i did like 30 weddings i was so busy and frankly very overworked and um and i think that what i've learned is the more i lean into my bliss my joy um things that i'm drawn to everything shifts for me. Um, Like I, I find a lot of happiness and success when I'm following, um, following, like, I love getting ideas for photo shoots and, and just immediately planning them and going and doing them. And I love like watching an idea become an actual, you know, finished, finished product. Like that is so fulfilling for me. And as I've, poured my energy and soul force into passion projects something really cool has happened in my business where I am getting a lot more passion project clients like yes yes like people that are you know I recently just had a client I did um, three photo shoots for them in a month because we're shooting for like three different EP covers and you know we were doing like these crazy things and i'm going to photoshop her floating in the air and like oh my gosh, you know these, yes these projects that i would have planned myself but someone came to me with and said like i've seen that you do stuff like this i love the way your work makes me feel um and that's like my favorite compliment like yes. like that is my top top compliment is is this made me feel something you know and tell me what that made you feel because i think that that really is what is you know is is sharing and communicating the ways that we see the world and feel the world and feel our experiences um, and so yeah like I think that the more in touch I am with myself um, and my truth and and I, like I think I have a tendency and have had a tendency in the past to like want to just focus on other people and and really not be in touch with myself and so that's you know been the shift right is like getting in touch with myself and I think that as I become more in touch with myself, I am also able to become very much, um, like very in touch with other people and what they want. Like being able to create art from a place of like we're both just in our truth, our power, and we're coming together to like collaborate. And that's a different type. That's a different type of art. Like my art has become a lot more authentic to who I am. I'm a. I'm very proud of it now because because it feels like me. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to be any anyone else or post what anyone else is posting, which has been so freeing, so good.
0: Oh, I love that. And I feel like that's one. I just love hearing that from artists in general. And I think it's also so powerful for anyone starting their journey because I yeah. think that's such a twofold blessing. Like not only do you feel more fulfilled and like creatively free, but then you also get hired for that stuff too. Like it's like you really only book what you put out there. That's like always what I teach people is I'm like, if you want to stop booking those types of jobs, stop posting them, like stop sharing them. That's what people think 100%, 100%. you do. percent. So it's, it's amazing. That makes me like so happy. I always love, I remember like the first time I got hired for a job where I was like, wait, I would have usually had to pay to like shoot something like that. Like yep, I would have had to yep. set it up myself. Um, it's so amazing and like incredible. So I love that. Like the more passion you put into it you feel better and then your clients feel better and then you start earning money off of it it's just like the best cycle ever
1: yes oh my god yes and you and you get clients who are a lot more passionate about what you do and mm-hmm. a lot more passionate about you you know and i i think that when i was trying to be everyone and do everything i got a lot of clients who didn't really care about what I was doing and just you know, we're trying to bargain search or whatever. And then I got a lot of clients that, you know, because of that, they are less ideal clients. Like they treat mm-hmm. you, they treat you poorly. You know, mm-hmm. I, when I, when I raised my prices and started to post what I wanted to post and what I liked um, my clientele completely switched and it's mm-hmm. been, you know, the best move.
0: I love that. Okay. So what is something that maybe like looking back, it could be even just what we just talked about, but is there something that you kind of wish people had told you or wish that you had known when you mm-hmm. first started? Like, have you always been this artistically free and amazing? Like, was it an easy shift or is there something that you wish like you could have changed sooner or
1: done sooner or mm-hmm. known sooner? That's a really good um, question. I think that, I think that's something that really shifted the way I was moving through my business is um, I used to really take social media interaction as a like as a way to gauge how good my content was right and like social media is a game you know and so like now the way that I see it is kind of like analytics right so I'm I'm looking at it like okay this worked this didn't I'll take that forward but I no longer see it as my work is as valued as it is on Instagram or like by how many likes it got or by how many views it got. Because what I realized is that, you know, I was deleting pictures that didn't do well. And then I look at that picture and be like, I actually love that picture. Yeah. yeah, and, And I, I realized that like, you know, even if it's not my most popular work, there's a lot of reasons why stuff does well, why stuff doesn't do well. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good. Like a lot of the most talented artists in the world have like no Instagram following because they're just not social media influencers. You know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're, they're doing it through a different way. And so like, just because like, and that's what I tell people is, is, you know they get really down on their work because it's not growing in the way that they want it to or, you know, they just started out and they just don't have very many eyes on it. And they think that that means something about them and, and then I feel like we have a tendency to just like only chase what gets attention, which means that you'll probably start creating the same things over and over again, you know, like mm-hmm. just trying to redo past success. And I think it's a barrier to the artistic process. And so now I just take social media information as information and I have like removed my feelings and like emotions about my work from my social media engagement, which has changed everything. Like I, I, I wish I would known that earlier, because I think a lot of that was feeding the imposter syndrome, and mm-hmm. now it's like, no, I'm just, I'm just doing my job. Like social mm-hmm. media is my job, right? So like I'm gonna keep track of it, but it's not a, a way to indicate if I'm worthy of being here. It's just mm-hmm. not.
0: I love that. I think that as creatives, especially, yeah, in the social media realm that we all live in now. (laughs) Like it's so easy. I feel like I talk to so many business owners and I also get into this mindset sometimes where I'm like Instagram or like social media is the foundation for all my marketing and that's how my business is going to be like successful. And we pour so much energy into it when in reality it's like it's just a tool. And it should be like one of a couple tools to like it shouldn't even be the main one. It's just like one of those tools to gauge like you said, like analytics and information. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with worth like all it is
1: Right. Is just additional information for your business. and No one's, t- no one's saying that. Like no one told mm-hmm. me that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's been really good to have that belief in place. Yeah. Like it, you know, then I get to decide how I feel about my work
0: mm-hmm. instead of Ooh, letting I yeah. love that. Yeah. I'm like, you get to decide what in your work is important and amazing. And like your clients, cause they're obviously like hiring, but yeah, I love that. You get to decide how you feel about your work. Social media literally has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So you do such an amazing job at representing a lot of people and I hate to stereotype, but that's very hard to find in Utah. I think specifically um, as someone who was raised there, I'm like, everyone kind of looks the same, does the same thing usually we see a lot of representation for one specific type of person. So how has that kind of been for you and how do you prioritize that through your art? Like what has your story around like diversity and representation been in your
1: business? So when I first moved to Utah um, and I was starting to get involved in the photography scene, I noticed that it was very, very whitewashed, very whitewashed. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there was, lots of very popular photographers who truly did not have one person of color on their feet. Like, Mm -hmm. period. And um and I I remember talking to a photographer who was like, well, I I had suggested a a model for collaboration, um, a colored person. And and the photographer was like, well, you know, colored people just don't do well with like my analytics. Like my, my followers are racist. Yeah. And I was like, babe, I hate to tell you this, but you're a racist. <laughs> like, like, I I realized that a lot of what Utah had been prioritizing was was like this white blonde influencer, you know, and that's mm-hmm. who we that's who we're listening to, that's who we're you know pointing our attention towards, and and so I, I think it was also coincided with like I felt a lot of like gatekeeping in the community, just in general. Like I remember that locations were like a big thing. I would, you know, try and figure out where something was. I just moved to Utah. I didn't really know where anything was, and and people were super weird about it. And one day, I I, I put aside a Saturday and I went and I tried to get on the rooftop of every um, building in Salt Lake City. Like I just went one at a time Amazing. and tried to get on the rooftop. And then I um put a I put a highlight on my Instagram with every single rooftop that you can shoot on in Utah because I think that like the way that we gatekeep information is also a way that we can gatekeep experiences and exposure to certain people. And, um, and so I realized that I wanted to do more to be more inclusive, show more diversity. And um, I mean, for me personally, like the queer community is a big, a, a big part of my heart and soul of my photography business. I'm queer. I actually came out here in Utah when I first moved here, I was still in the closet. And, and so as I've become, you know, more comfortable with my sexuality and who I am and how I identify, I have had the beautiful opportunity of doing shoots for people that are super gender affirming and doing, um, you know, shooting portraits for couples that haven't been able to find a photographer. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a, I had a lesbian couple come to me and they said that they had been going through going through Instagram, looking at photographers for hours. And I was the first photographer that they found that had a same sex couple on their feed. And that broke my heart. You know, that's really so upset. It's so upsetting. And I think that there's, there's definitely a pressure with like the culture here. um, And the way that like homophobia is just kind of wrapped up in this state, you know, with a little bow, I think Mm -hmm. that there's, even if you, you know, even if you don't think that you're homophobic and you think that like, you know, you're like, oh, I accept gay people, but I don't want to post about it because I'll lose clients or whatever. Um, you know, it's contributing to a problem of, of only telling one story over and over. And so I found a lot of joy in telling diverse stories and and meeting people who, you know, who maybe haven't been given the chances that they should have been given you know that maybe are overlooked and and work and work with like more i don't know it brings it brings more color to your work it brings more it's more dynamic like mm-hmm. i i would never eat the same thing every day all day and just continue to do that and so why would i do that with like the models that i'm picking the stories that i'm telling like i'm all about like give me every flavor like mm-hmm. and, and it helps other people too like people need to see themselves in stories. People need to see themselves on Instagram feeds of people, like, of popular photographers, popular, you know, stylists and makeup artists. Like, we need to see representation because it is so important to making people feel, you know, valued, understood, and welcome here. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to represent, then you're not truly willing to welcome.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that's powerful. I love that. If you're not willing to represent, you're not willing to welcome. I think that's, I was having a conversation the other day, actually about like an organization where I was like, if you look at someone's portfolio and I think it's the same with businesses, like if you look at someone's, like the higher ups of a company or the higher ups of an organization or employees, and they're only representing one type of person, that's the only person they care about. Like they don't prioritize. If you don't Mm. see everyone in it, they don't care about them. Like,
1: Oh my God.
0: And I think, yeah, I'm like, that's, that's literally my biggest tell when I go to other businesses or photographers, like any company or organization, I'm like, if I don't see every type of person represented there i'm going to assume you don't care about them that much mm-hmm. like it's only men probably don't care about women that much if it's only white people mm, probably only care about white people um so where you live in utah cuz i'm like yes utah's obviously i think I can't speak speak for all states in the United States because I haven't lived in all of them. But I'm like, having lived in multiple states and Utah, I think we obviously do have like a very big problem with some sort of diversity. Like the amount of, yeah, just like white, straight, blonde couples that I see all the time. I'm like, okay, I gotta see something else, you guys. Like it's gotta be different. Um, please. Um, what would you suggest to a photographer who is wanting to make sure that they are able to represent that a little bit more. And I'd love to like hear whatever you're willing to share on your experience on coming out and congratulations on that, by the way. I love that. Thank Thank um, you. what kind of, cause I do think myself included, I sometimes get nervous about, I want to make sure everyone is represented. And I've heard this from a lot of other photographers as well, who are maybe like white, cis straight. They're like, I don't want to feel tokeny. How do I go about doing this in a way that shows that like my main priority is representation. I don't want to seem like I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Do you Mm. have advice on someone trying to make sure that everyone is represented in a way that feels really genuine and healthy and correct, if that makes sense?
1: You know, I don't know, like I can share my experience Mm -hmm. and it's only one person. It's a white cis person's experience. So that's all I have to offer. But what I would say is that what we need to do is ask the right people these questions, you know, like ask the model that you're wanting to work with. Um, like if they've worked with any makeup artists and had any good or bad experiences, that's one small thing that you can do of like finding people that are equipped and ready and passionate about darker skin tones, mm-hmm. um, because that, that has been a real problem for me before of like, uh, I'll have like, I, I even had a client that asked for makeup artist recommendations. And I gave her a couple of people, you know, who I thought she, like, would be capable. And, and she came back and she was like, well, it was a good experience, except I had to go home and wipe off the foundation because it was three shades too light. And, like, I will never send someone to that makeup artist again because that sort of, of like, stepping into a, a place that you don't know you do like, if you don't know how to do darker skin tone makeup and you say that you can, you know, it's like your, your ignorance can be hurtful for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that like working with people on the team who are also colored is amazing. And like bringing together that type of um, like diverse team together for a creative shoot. I would also say that um, I think that some of the ways that it gets kind of cliche are when we're doing we're doing like a diversity shoot, you know, when we bring all these people together and we do like a diversity shoot and that's how we show that we're diverse. And and I think that the better way to go about this in my opinion is to just include diversity within your work. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be a special shoot just for that in order to want to work with all different types of people. So like on the projects that you would normally go like, oh, just all my typical models, you know, maybe broaden that up and broaden up to like oh could this be you know done with uh, maybe a queer couple instead of a straight couple like could this Mm -hmm. could we work with someone who has experience in this area or like like could we work with someone with disabilities like how can we Mm -hmm. how can we like be inclusive on the shoot and and bring new stories new faces to um to our art and to our experience and so like that for me has just been really helpful of, of trying to work with as many people as possible and um And and also just being open to to having your concept change, you know, because like we've kind of been conditioned to think of one thing, you know, one way, and kind of conditioned to um, like especially with social media, if you're only seeing white people on your feed, you're probably just gonna think of like, okay, I'll shoot this with a white person, right? So you like need to a follow more diverse people, follow fat people, follow follow lots of different types of people who are telling their story. And, um, and as you see more representation, it becomes much more natural to include Mm -hmm. it and you'll feel less like you're, you know, it'll feel less force.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important that like we as creatives realize that like, it is our responsibility to make this happen. Like it is not the responsibility of any sort of minority to do it for us. Like it is our responsibility to educate ourselves and being as inclusive as possible and, the makeup thing always, I just like, I can't handle that. I've worked with so many models that my roommate Abby is a hair and makeup artist or makeup artist. And she's phenomenal. She's the only one that I will constantly reference like any type of model to because she will work and like do an amazing job on every type of skin tone. And it has been Mm -hmm. one of the sadder experiences of like being in the industry that every time I do work with a model, um, who is like, Colored, they always ask if they can bring their own foundation. And that is so it's not okay and so I do think that's like something important to be said that like if you're a creative who has not worked with someone outside of a very specific demographic it's your responsibility to educate yourself on how to do that and to make that mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. um because I
1: work yeah yeah
0: like you need to do the work on learning how to photograph darker skin tones or pose different types of couples and yeah edit. and edit it like that is your responsibility to figure that out same with makeup art like it's so important that we do the internal work and I love the idea of just like making sure that we are surrounding ourselves in the content we ingest with a diverse group of people because I think yeah that that makes it so much more effortless like now when I'm planning shoots I almost go into my concepts with no idea what the models are going to look like and I'm Mm -hmm. open to literally anyone like I'm like that's how I want to approach my shoots that anyone could fill the role and it would be amazing um so I love that
1: oh my god exactly and it's it's can only be one type of person that can make it look amazing maybe the concept needs work you know like mm-hmm. these concept. like I love what you said about that it should be able we should be able to have lots of different faces on this on this project and still have it feel the way that you want it to yes. because it's a full developed idea
0: mm-hmm. well and this is where I'm like mm, people might get up this is a little intense but I mean it and I'm gonna say it anyway but I'm like <laughs> if you're concept in your craft can only be executed in the way that you want it by a certain type of model being in the photo, that's your issue as an artist. Like that means you need to do like some self-work on like what you're communicating as an artist, because there shouldn't be only one type of person that can make your vision come to life. Like you should be able to make your vision come to life regardless of what your models look like or what your team looks like
1: yep and editing too like I feel yes. like if your editing style only works on one type of skin tone then you have you need to figure out your editing style because like so many times all like this one this one time a model sent me like five different shoots and he's like look at how my skin tone varies in all these different shoots and it was it was insane the range of of you know like the I don't know, I don't know I just feel like there's a tendency like on on white people it looks flattering when you brighten the skin tones Mm -hmm. but there's a tendency to just you know apply the same preset and not really compare like okay what is this person's actual color and am I whitewashing them with this edit Mm -hmm. like that is that is so you know that's so problematic and so like a tip I would say if you're trying to learn how to um, edit darker skin tones is like that button where you can see yes the the back and forth yes yes do it on every single photo, every single photo, photo, back and forth, and make sure that you know if we're changing colors, whatever, make sure that the tones and and um, like exposure are staying consistent mm-hmm. with the
0: tone. I love that. I think that's so like something as photographers too that just needs to be like drilled in. I'm like that is always whenever I see any sort of whitewashing or anything. I'm like we're gonna have a little editing chat. Even if you're not hiring me as like a coach, I'm just gonna slide in. <laughs> like we've got to fix that. That can't be happening. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely not. Um, okay. I love that. So what is, thank you also for sharing your experience with us on that, because I really, I think that the more comfortable we get talking about, like, it's just so important to see this in the industry. And I think the industry is moving in a more representing way, but there's still so much work that needs to be done. So thank you for sharing that and also for your work in doing that. Cause I'm like, that's one of my favorite things about going to your pages. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Every person is represented here. Um, I don't know. Do you follow Rosie June? Have you heard of her? The Mm -hmm. like community? She does an amazing job as well at like, every time I look through her magazine, I don't know. I just love speaking to creatives where I'm like, I'm glad that every type of person can come to you and feel like they've been represented. That's so important. Um, So what is next for you, Christina? Like what's coming up for you? Tell us a bit. Like, do you have anything upcoming, something you're really excited about? Like what's on the
1: horizon? I love that. I, I feel like, you know, drawing back to what we were saying earlier about imposter syndrome, like as I'm coming out of this, I feel like this is not like what's next for me. It's like, where am I going from now? Like this is the starting point. I really feel like everything I've been doing has been gearing me up towards where I am right now. And I feel like this is where I'm really gonna like move into the next chapter of my life, which is so exciting. Um, I want to do a lot more wildly creative, like very weird art. And I'm, I'm getting, um, yeah, I'm getting a lot more into Photoshopping and I'm wanting to start doing like a lot more surrealism. I, I want my work to like stop you in your tracks this year. So I'm, I'm putting a lot of, lot of energy towards that. I'm doing a few little trips soon. So I'm traveling a bit, which is so exciting because you know we're not, mm-hmm. I'm like vaccinated now. So I'm you know, at the end of quarantine, it's yes. so great. So I'm traveling a bit and yeah, I'm gonna be releasing more education. I have, I have a ton of things I'm excited about. Oh
0: my gosh, I'm so excited to see them. Like big plans. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so to wrap up every episode, we ask every guest and it does not have to be work-related. doesn't have to be related to anything we just talked about, whatever first comes to mind, what the best piece of advice is that you've ever received.
1: I feel like one that's really been resonating recently is you can only attract what you already are and like your energy and vibration is what calls people to you what calls your ideal clients what calls your you know like big plans and stuff that you want to manifest into your life like you have to plant that seed of worthiness deserving love acceptance and like readiness before any of that is going to be ready for you and so that's kind of been helpful for me lately I'm just like what I, what I want to attract, I must embody first. I must hold. first. I love that. That's
0: beautiful. I'm like, what a way to end this episode. This has been amazing. (laughs) Um, Kate, tell everyone where we can find you on the internet, like on all the things we'll link it in the show notes too, but just so we can hear
1: it too. Where can everyone find and follow you? So it's Christina's captures, Christina S captures on Instagram and TikTok. And then on Twitter, it's smiling gets me by
0: cute oh my gosh well christina thank you so much for being on the show i'm like i'm so excited to listen back to this there were so many amazing things in here so thank you so much for for having me
1: it's been so fun seriously
0: oh my gosh it's been lovely you're amazing so everyone go follow christina and thank you for tuning in